Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. I'm good. It's so good to spend some time visiting with you this morning before we start recording. Yeah, right on. It, it's funny as we're recording this, it's a cloudy day. You know, the leaves are are on the ground for the most part. It's raining and uh, it's it's not the most encouraging of environments. And we all know what's happening next, right? After all the leaves fall, right. the snow falls, and then we have that other 10 months in Michigan we call winter, um, followed by the three weeks we call summer, <laughs> where we all are so busy with outreaches and camp. So uh, today it's kind of appropriate because this time of year, I know a lot of people, um, mm really begin to deal with that that lack of dopamine, that lack of vitamin D that comes from sunshine, that we're covering our bodies and depression really becomes a struggle for some uh, in an inordinate way. Uh, yes. Much more, many more people deal with the issues that we're going to talk about today. So why don't you introduce us to the topic and uh, let's get started. Sure. I, I entitled it this, Leading Through the, Bur- the Bermuda Triangle of Anxiety, yeah. Depression, and Suicidal Ideation. That might be our longest title ever. <laughs> And 112 pods. But, um, you know, those of us who are leading, we're leading in a time where these three, uh, I call them enemies, I guess, yeah, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation are on a rapid rise in our country. Um, in, in July 2020, let me just throw some stats at you, Jim. In July yeah. 2020, the CDC came out with this report that one in four young adults in America, ages 18 to 24, contemplated suicide due to the pandemic. So that's 25% of the 18 to 24 year old demographic. Um, And and that was like a 300% jump over July of 2019. So, and then in August of 2020, we had a lot of bad news coming out in 2020. Um, The JAMA network reported that the percentage of Americans reporting uh, depression symptoms during the pandemic spiked to 28% which was up from 9% a year prior. And I just, and here's a brand new one, Jim, just a couple of weeks ago, I read this, that in December of 2020, the CDC reported that the percentage of Americans suffering with symptoms of depression spiked to 42%. Wow. And and now thank the Lord that there has been a leveling off of that. and, And some now a little bit of a downward uh, movement. Yeah. But think about that for a minute, 40% of adults in our country suffering with depression. Right. Yeah. And historically, Jim, the church hasn't known what to do with this. I mean, no, I, even, even in the place of denying it exists or just, yeah. just pray it away or just cheer up or encourage yourself in the Lord. And, you know, I, as, as a very complex being of body, soul, and spirit, just cheer up isn't necessarily the cure, you know, for, for all things. It can be at times, certainly. We have biblical instances where people did encourage themselves in the Lord, yes. but yeah, that's, it's a far too simple solution to a very complex problem. And what I've noticed, Jim, is that uh, churches are starting to talk about yeah. these uh, three enemies more openly. Yeah. But yeah. here's my concern, that our conversation isn't always helpful. Right. You, just, you just said it, right? Cheer yeah. up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's nice, but it might not be helpful. <laughs> well, thanks. That's all yeah. I needed. Yeah, I'm better now. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm confident of this, that the, the, our listeners and our watchers are leading uh, congregations that are facing these mental and emotional yeah. challenges. No doubt about it. And, and I think perhaps more frequently than they imagine. Yeah. And yeah. as a matter of fact, you might be a leader listening today or watching today and you're dealing with it your, yourself. Yeah. Um, but I really want us, Jim, if it's okay with you today to talk about how do we lead people through this, you know, right. through this vortex of yeah. mental and emotional struggle. And I'd like to share, I think maybe three really simple to understand steps that will help you lead your people through these dark emotional times. How about that? Perfect. All right. You ready for the first one? Get me. Yeah, here we go. Here's the first thing you can do, and that's to educate yourself. Yeah. Um, I've written a book called Unshakable You, Five Choices of Emotionally Healthy People. Um, I mean, there are, there are dozens of other worthy books you know, on the subject, uh, we've, we've put together small group curriculum around that book, you know, so if, you know, if, if somebody buys a copy of that book and they'd like, we can send them uh, free, free yeah. small group content to help engage your people with it. Um, you know, one of the most helpful leadership actions I, I believe we can take is to learn about anxiety, to learn about depression, to learn about suicide and what to do to help the people you lead, hopefully prevent them, right? Or to head it off. Or if they're struggling and, and probably 40% of your congregation is struggling yeah. with one of these three items, um, how do they recover? What are some things that they can do? You know, I, I think silence on the subject is bad, but I think misinformation. Yeah, even worse. Might be worse, right? Yeah. So yeah, what do you think worse. about that, Jim? Well, I think one of the problems that, that causes this is that sense of isolation. Mm -hmm. I'm other than no one understands. My life is uh, in, individually distinctly hard, right? Yes. And then you go to church for some hope. And what you get told is something that, you know, you, there must be something wrong with you if there's something wrong with you, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, or, or here's all, here's what Jesus said, and here's your solution. And you tried it and you're still depressed. You're still right. thinking of ending your life. So I think it reinforces that sense of otherness and isolation that is part of the root problem, um, the confusion, the fear. I, you know, it, it really, these things are the result of, of no hope, right? Hope is gone for whatever reason, mm -hmm. whether it's chemical, whether it's in your thought life, whether it's in your circumstances. At some point, a person looks at their future and says, I cannot imagine a tomorrow that has less pain in it than today. Yeah. And so I might as well stop right here. And yeah. so when, when the church is in a, an anemic place to not provide that hope and, and not, not just a pithy sort of, a, you know, just cheer up or let's sing a happy song today because I want to be happy, but really getting to the roots of the lies believed, of the hope mm -hmm. deferred, of, of the medical issues involved. Right. Um, again, body, soul, and spirit. There, there may very well be a demonic issue involved with depression. But, but, you know, having calling people forward to have the demons cast out of them probably is not the most helpful therapeutic thing, depending on the circumstance. So helping yeah. people really understand what they're going through and then helping them through it is, is huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jim, so many thoughts are running through my mind as you share that, you know, like, here's some things we, we shouldn't ever say, like, 
you know, like, here's one. What do you got to be depressed about? <laughs> Not helpful. Right? Not helpful. Not helpful. You know, yeah. um, making this a solely a spiritual problem. And this is where I have a problem with people who think that's a demon to be cast out. Yeah. Um, Jim, we've been working with people who are depressed for 15 years. Yeah. I have not run into one yet. And we're talking thousands of people. Right. That had demonic possession or anything like that attached to it. Now, let me say this, that when you're depressed, it's a lot easier for the devil to whisper lies to you. Sure. Right. And, and, you know, you're def- in a sense, there's a defenselessness to you in, yeah. the, in, in those three settings that the devil can actually lie to you a lot easier. So, so Jim, I would just urge those who are listening and watching today, if you don't know much about depression, you don't have to become an expert, but just pick up a book, read a good book on it and learn uh, so that you can, when you get to this next step, we're going to talk about, you can do this next step. Well, and here's the next, here's the next piece is, is to actually talk about it. Um, you know, open up the conversation. Yeah. I believe this, that anxiety, depression, suicide and suicidal ideation, they flourish under the cover of secrecy. Yeah. Um, They diminish when exposed to the light. So I I just wonder, can we normalize them? Yeah. Can, can we, can we say that, you know what, um, this is, part of the human experience. And because I gave my life to Jesus, it didn't reduce my humanity. I'm still human. I'm still frail. I'm still limited. Um, And I think if we normalize them, Jim, it it allows people comfort, you know, in the sense of, Hey, I can talk about this and I won't be ostracized. I can talk about what I'm going through and I won't be thought of as an inferior Christian. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you think about that? That's yeah, the I, second piece. I think part of it is ignoring it. Doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. Not talking about it. Doesn't make it disappear. It actually creates again, the environment for it to, to be ashamed of, right. To be uh, thought of as weakness or a lack of spirituality. And I, I don't, I mean, depending on your definition of depression, you know what I mean? Um, and ideation and so forth. I, I think, I think most people go through this. I, you read the at psalm. Some point, at some David's point, not yeah. like it's a good day. I mean, half the psalms are, I don't know where you are, God. I don't know what's going on, why enemies are prospering, why I'm living in a cave, why a king I would die for is trying to kill me. That, those are the psalms. Right. Um, Paul despairs of life. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it means he wants to die. It just means he doesn't want to live. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there is a difference. Uh, Jesus yeah. in the garden, the final temptation of Jesus is, my God, my God. You know, why have you forsaken me? That 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 sense of hopelessness and despair. This at one point or another, I think this is the human condition. So mm. to say, well, I don't, I don't, I've never wrestled with this, or I never will wrestle with this, I think is is hopeful, uh, wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's reality. So I, I think making it commonplace, you know, I just had a baby. Well, we, we should talk about what happens after the hormonal shifts of having a baby. I just retired, yeah. my kids just went off to college. I just you know, we, we just yeah. got married and two years into it. We're not sure, you know, their life, this isn't, this isn't Miami beach. This is Omaha beach. There's a war going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And we are, we are in the midst of, of the greatest conflict 
of all time. We're in the middle of it. We're, yes. we're the prize both sides are fighting for. Mm. So to pretend that everything's okay and the white picket fence and the Facebook picture of my dinner, you know, it, it really is, it really is a silly way to face Omaha beach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I would just say this, if, if you're listening or watching today and you're still feeling like a bit shaky about addressing uh, these issues, reach out to us, you know, for, for yes. help. We'd love to give you some thoughts some pointers on how to engage your people on this most important subject. So yeah. educate yourself, talk about it. And here's the third thing. And this kind of, I think is kind of the second half of talking about it. And that is to provide a preventative yeah. or curative framework for people. Yeah. Depression is so much easier to prevent than it is to recover from. Yeah. Now, you should say that again, John, that, that is worth, it's waiting gold. Say that again. Yeah. Depression is easier to prevent than it is to recover from. Yeah. Well, that's true. And, and so there are certain preventive behaviors, Jim, that go a long way in keeping these three enemies at bay. Um, so I'd like to just kind of lay those out real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's the first one is working on our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds like super spiritual. Maybe it sounds super spiritual, but look, a good walk with Christ is foundational to mental and emotional well-being. So let's encourage our people. Let's, let's teach our people how to, you know, it's one thing to say you should be praying an hour a day. No. And it's quite another thing to say, here's how I figured out to pray for an hour a day. Let me show you how yeah. to do that. Um, and, and so teach people how to walk with God, how to read and study the word, how yeah. to worship God, that, that they can worship God in their, in the privacy of their home. And they should. Uh, and then also with the, the greater audience or the greater group at church, but, but look, working on your relationship with God is preventive yeah, as it relates to these Bermuda triangle emotional issues. Yeah. The best defense is a good offense, right? I think so. Yeah. I think yeah, so. I so here's the second one, becoming our own best friend instead of our own worst critic. Yeah. Um, you know, no one talks to you, Jim, no one talks to you about you more than you do. Right. Yeah. You have this internal running conversation with yourself that's happening all the time. Yeah. So if that's true, how important it is, is it for us to be kind with our words? Yeah. Uh, to give ourselves appropriate amounts of, <laughs> of grace. Yeah. Um, I've been doing this in my time with the Lord in the morning as I close it off. And I don't know how long I've been doing this now. It's probably been a good year or so almost every day telling God, God, I thank you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that I'm the apple of your eye, that I'm adopted by you according to your will and pleasure, that I'm an heir, I'm a joint heir with Jesus, that I'm more than a conqueror. And, and these identity things, right, that, that help me, help me talk to myself in a way that's loving, that's accurate. Um, yeah. And that's kind. What do you think yeah. about that second one? I, I think that our, our minds are, uh, I mean, Jesus compares the human soul to, to ground in which seed is going to be planted. Yep. So, you know, the old saying that if you plant grass, you get grass. If you plant weeds, you get weeds. 
if you plant nothing, you get weeds. <laughs> it seems yeah. like you get nothing, but you don't, you get weeds. Right. So if we don't think about whatsoever things are true and excellent and noble and praiseworthy. And, you know, if we don't fill our minds with things, then, uh, yeah, we're, then, then what are our minds filled with? You know, if we're not living from the promises of God, then what are we living from? If we're not standing on right. the revelations from, from scripture, from the spirit, you know, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I just think, I think that the greatest way to not have dandelions is to have a thick lawn because yep. the seeds never make the soil. Absolutely. And the truth with our hearts and our minds. If, you know, I, I have a saying, and I have to explain it every time I say it, but I, I'm God's favorite kid. I, I know he's got billions. I know he's got through the ages, but I am uniquely and distinctly his favorite. Now I'm tied with all humanity for that title. I, I get this. <laughs> I get that. I, I have more than one child. I have two. So which one do you love more? The answer is I, I couldn't love either one more than I do. It, my heart is not a, a limited thing where a second child comes and I, I, half of that love has to be given to one child after the other. My heart grew because my family grew. Right. And if that's me, then, you know, me being evil, know how to give good gifts to my, my sons, how much more is my heavenly father? Just think that I'm pretty cool. Yep. Hey, think about what he paid for you. That's your value. Think about what he said to you. That's, that's, right. that's a father son, you know, I mean, my whole life is a father son project as I believe that I'm God's favorite kid. So now mm. hardship doesn't come as his, his absence. Hardship comes as an invitation to his presence. I'm, right. I'm his favorite kid. It's a father son project where I don't have answers. I know that he does. And that's why questions come into my life that have no earthly answers. They need a heavenly father's time and care. And I, you just, you just get to feel the hands of God on the clay of your soul. When you recognize that you really are his favorite. Yep. And so, so working on our walk with God, yeah. becoming our own best friend. Yeah. Um, third one is, and I'm just going to hit these next ones pretty quick, paying attention to our pace. I mean, yeah. if, you, if, you want, if you want good content on pace, you can listen to a bunch of our podcasts because we talk about pace probably yeah. every third podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, for a reason, for a good reason. Right. And so yeah. this is all about having healthy work rest rhythms. And, yeah. and God calls us to work hard. He calls us to rest well. Work yeah. hard, rest well. And those rhythms serve as a protective shield against anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. Yes. 100%. Let me give you a couple other ones real quick, Jim. Nurturing friendships. Yeah. I, 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 it's such a big deal. We want to encourage our people yeah. to uh, build relationships. There's a lot of one and others in the New Testament. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. I, I, I don't know how many. There might be 40, 50, 60, one another's. Love one another. Forgive yeah. one another. Build one another. And, and on yeah. and on it goes. Um, you know, our world, the people that you lead live in a world where there is this magnetic pull to isolation. Yeah. And, and the truth is there is no pill you can take that will solve that problem. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need friends in our life. Your people need friends in their lives who make them laugh, friends who they can pour their heart out to, and friends who challenge them uh, yeah. to grow. Uh, can, I, can I just put throw one, that one thought in there, John? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that you say friends. Yeah, I go to coffee with Fred, and I have dinner once a month with Barney, and, you know, Wilma and Betty are friends. And I, that, that's not what we're talking about. I, to, to me, the definition of the kind of person you're talking about is when they ask me, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. They know that I'm not. They know me yeah. that well. And then there's enough trust that when they push me and say, are you really doing fine? 
I can say what is, what is true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, those are the type of friendships we're talking about. And this that's is not right. 40 of them, but three, five, you know, yep. brothers, sisters, uh, mothers, fathers, you know, that, that are, that are in our lives. Right. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. And they go, mm, no, yep. I, I, I use the test of the used car. I used to interrogate prisoners in the military. So body language and I have gotten along well. Yeah. So this, this thought of um, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you a question, but no matter what the question is, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to your response as if I just asked you about a car you're selling me. So how are you doing? And, and it's like, I say, how's the engine run? Well, you know, it's, it's good. Well, I'm not going to buy the car, <laughs> you know, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to buy that answer. <clears throat> you're not good. You just told me. You, your words say one thing, but everything else that communicates told me you're not okay. Yeah. So having people in our lives, that can see through us and mm-hmm. that, that we are close enough to that we can trust to be open with. I'm so grateful for those people in my life, Jim. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you, I, we've got, uh, Laura and I have a few of those Yeah. that when they ask me how I am and I respond like the used car salesman, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they see right through it Yeah. and they say, I don't believe you. Right. And what's, what courage, what courage to say that, right? There, mm-hmm. there is a, there is an iron sharpening iron relationship. Soap doesn't sharpen iron and wood yeah. doesn't sharpen iron. Iron has to sharpen iron and somebody, somebody strong enough to grate against the facade uh, right. because they care. And uh, those wounds of a friend, you know, it just hurts Absolutely. so good. I went from Solomon to John Cougar Mellencamp in one sentence, but it hurts so good. <laughs> you know, I have friends like that. <laughs> Yeah. So, so if you want to help your people have a great preventive uh, framework in their life, uh, a great emotional well-being framework, encourage them uh, to work on their friendships. And then also, and this never gets talked about at church ever. In fact, I talk about this and people laugh um, and that's get your body in motion. Yeah. Exercise, man, exercise, sleep, take care of your body. And that has a beneficial effect on your brain chemistry. Um, I remember uh, talking about this at a, with a group of leaders, Jim, this was several years ago. And some lady just burst out laughing in the, in the middle of it. And I, and I said, did I, did I touch a nerve there or something like that? Right. What's funny is in my mind, I just pictured the lady that's on every episode of cops. She's She's wearing a muumuu, and, and you know what I mean. That, I don't know if that's the same lady, but that's the picture I, uh, that I had in my head when he said that. <laughs> so, so Jim, you know, in those seasons where that, in each, actually in the season we're living in now, where there is such a high level of anxiety and depression, and 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 not just suicidal ideation, but suicidal completion. Um, you know what? I, I, you can do all the preventive work and still, sometimes you're still struggling. And if you are, and if some people in your congregation are encourage them to seek professional help, right? Their doctor needs to know what's going on in their life. Uh, A counselor, a therapist can help them scrub out mental and emotional wounds that are plaguing them. So, so let's, you know, if I could just kind of wrap this up, let's lead people uh, proactively in this area. Let's be intelligent. Let's be compassionate. So they won't get lost in this Bermuda uh, triangle. Um, And we're here to help you in any way we can uh, to help you have the proper conversation, the right conversation with the folks you lead. Right on. I I think that thought too, as we're talking to leaders and pastors and parents and so forth, 
you come across that, that this situation and, and you can help, great. If you come across a situation and you, you're unable to help, yeah. don't pretend that, right. that everything you did is enough. It's not. If there's still the problem, if, if, as general practitioners, if you will, I, I'm not a, uh, an oncologist. I, right. I'm not a podiatrist. I'm not a, you know, I, I, what I do is what I do. And, and generally, like a, like a general practitioner, if I find something that I can't handle, I would pass that on, right? Every medical doctor would pass sure. that. They wouldn't pretend, well, I gave you an aspirin. You should be fine now. I have cancer. Well, but I gave you an aspirin, so you should be fine now. It's, you f- help people find the help that they need, whether they're growing or dying. Help them find the help that they need to take that next step forward. And that's, that's what shepherds do for their sheep. That's you know? right. Yeah, right on. John, thank you for this. This has been, I honestly, uh, how many talks is this now? 100 and what? We're at, this is 112. 112. I, this has probably been my favorite. I don't know why, but it's, it's mm. this has been really good. I think it's so timely, so needed on a, on a cold, blowy, rainy day. So <laughs> thank you for being the, uh, oh, the pumpkin spice latte to our souls on, uh, on a day like today. <laughs> We appreciate that. The continent white girl drink, you know, thank you for that. And, and uh, I, as always, you've already said it, but yeah, they want to continue a conversation. This is not a, a book you read. This is a book you wrote. This is a life right. you've lived. This is what you've been through. So if you're looking for someone that might understand more than the average person, you're, you're listening to them. You're, you're mm-hmm. looking at right now. How, how would they continue that conversation with you, John? Well, there's two ways. I mean, they can, they can go to our website, convergecoach.com, and they can actually purchase the book there, Unshakable You, Five Choices of Emotionally Healthy People. Or if you'd like to talk with us uh, and get and just kind of talk about a game plan, uh, yeah. we'll give you 30 minutes of our time for free. You just reach out to, our, uh, th- to us through our contact link, fill out a little form, shoot it over to us, and we'll be on the phone with you. Right on. Thanks, John. Thanks for everything. We look forward to our next podcast uh, where we're going to talk about another book that, that you and I wrote together. Yeah. The Good and Goodbye and just the, the worst day in a pastor's life and why it shouldn't be. So hopefully, again, as we combat this, this season that can be very discouraging, uh, Jesus has answers. You know, the community right. of, of Christ has, has support and love and answers. So God bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. We hope that this has been a tremendous blessing to you and those that you serve, your families, your marriages, and we hope to see you again real soon as you continue to lead from home.